me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Oh, yeah, take me out to the ball game, especially if you're a Cub fan, huh? Holy moly. A lot of fun right now, isn't it? Be a fan. 15 wins in the last 19 games. We are now a game and a half behind first place Milwaukee in the National League Central Division. It's been a lot of fun lately. Hello, welcome to Here and Now, Chicago Cubs Talk this week and every week, brought to you by the good friends of True Blues and Chicago Cubs Club 18. My name is Jeff Hare, along with my producer, Russ Omar. All right, so a week ago tonight, we were in this very chair talking about Cubs baseball, and we mentioned seven games coming up, right? Fourth, the Cincinnati Reds in first place in the National League Central, and three with the great Atlanta Braves, first place in the National League East. 30 games over 500, and what was going to happen? What a week it was, right? Cubs took three out of four from Cincinnati, including two in absolute annihilations, the 20-9 game and the 16-6 game on Tuesday and Wednesday. Against the Braves, they dropped the first one Friday, but then took the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's been a lot of fun to be a Cubs fan. What's going on with that team, huh? My first impression is, and I'm going to give you just my thoughts on this whole thing. I'm going to start out by saying, Alabama football, right? If you know Alabama University of Alabama football and the coach Nick Saban, where they're the most successful college football program over the last, what, 20 years, whatever, Saban has something that he tells all his freshman players, and it really kind of applies here, too. In fact, he tells all of his players when they come in the first day of camp, but the freshman, when he gets them first and he talk, talks to them about it, and he pushes it all the way through. Saban's big thing is you have to trust the process. Trust the process. And that's kind of what's going on with the Cubs right now. They're, if you trust the process, you start, we're starting to see results, right? We're starting to see starting pitching going into the fifth and sixth inning of the games. We're starting to see our hitters. I mean, good golly. Cody Bellinger, 13 of 31, eight-game hitting streak, three games in a row with a multi-hits. His average has risen from 271 to 326 here in that period of time, the 13 and 31. I mean, his is hitting everything, right? He's seeing the ball. I told you that a week ago. Everything coming in, he is seeing, and he is hitting it into a direction. The guy is incredible. One player I enjoy, and I told you about him last winter when we signed him, was Dansby Swanson. This guy's a leader. He's a winner. He knows how to win. He knows what you have to do on a baseball field to be successful. Here's a guy who won at Vanderbilt when he was in college, won a college World Series, won with the Braves, won a World Series title. If something happens in that field, he's part of it. Have you noticed that? You notice how if there's a, a big defensive play that has to be made, who's right in the middle of it? Swanson. Big hit, who's in the middle of it? Swanson. The guy's a winner. He's been a great find for the Cubs and doing absolutely outstanding and helping this team go along. Starting pitching today, Justin Steele picks up the win 13-3 and three on this season. Scuffled a little bit, but, you know, here's the whole thing, and we need to talk about pitching for just a second tonight. You know, a lot of people are questioning, and I and I heard, saw this Friday when uh, Kyle Hendricks was knocked out in the, after the fourth inning in the game that they lost to the Braves. Everyone's saying, well, why doesn't Ross pull him? Why doesn't Ross pull him? Or why doesn't Ross do this? Why doesn't Ross do this? Today, uh, there was times that Steele scuffled a bit, and there was question about maybe we had to get him out of there. Here's the thing, and this is what we don't know. You know, when Dave Ross wakes up in the morning, he he finds out right away who's available to him to pitch and who isn't. He knows. He knows going into the game who he can use, who he can't, how many pitches they threw yesterday, how many they threw the day before. He also knows the schedule, okay? So at a certain point, Ross has to make a decision. Do I go get my starter out of there who's not doing so well? But I know Kyle Hendricks. I trust Kyle Hendricks. I know that he can get it back. Or do I go to the bullpen and bring a guy in, and then we take a guy away that we may need later in the weekend? 
especially this is on Friday, especially on Saturday when we're going to use a bullpen game anyway because Stroman's hurt. So this is all the stuff that Ross has to kind of weigh in his mind. He's getting, of course, input from the IT department who's monitoring your pitching and watching everything. He's getting input from Tommy Hadovy, you know, who, who's throwing well, whose turn it is to pitch, who can get it out, who do you think can work. But at a certain point, Ross has to decide, can our guy get it back? Is he that bad today? Is he just done? Now, here's the whole thing about that. We have seen our starting pitchers all season get scuffled up and come through just fine. Okay, we've seen starting pitchers work through jams, work through bad situations that happen. So I'm going to give Ross the benefit of the doubt because more often than not, he's right. Okay, that he did, did make the right move down on Friday. Obviously, Hendricks didn't get it back, and, and he had to come out. And it hurt. It could have hurt the team because then again, you just you, it starts taking people off the bullpen. You start bringing guys in that you really don't want to bring in earlier and don't want than you, you would ordinarily need, and it's going to screw your your rotation up especially in terms of who's coming in over the, over the course of the next two or three days. And that's one thing that Ross really has to pay close attention to. We don't see it on the outside. We just say, get him out, get him out, get someone else in there. And, you know, Ross is getting a lot of input from people say, hey, these pitches are there. They're just hitting them. Well, okay, that's fine, you know. Or the pitches aren't there, and then they're not. And this is stuff, again, he's got to weigh all this stuff. In the, in, <laughs> this goes to show you being a manager is not an easy job. But anyway, as far as that uh, – Albert Algebra Abdelai Adelai. That's easy for me to say. Turned into a top flight reliever. He's done absolutely outstanding in, in closing the games. This is what we needed all along. He's coming in and just shutting the door when it has to, the door needs to be shut. And he did it again today to the Braves. Struggled a little bit yesterday. I was a little nervous yesterday when he gave up that home run. Olsen hit that thing a mile and a half and brought it eight to six. But uh, today he came in and just shut him down and said, Nope, we're not doing it today. And uh, that's good. That's where we get to win. One thing I want folks to remember, though, and, and this one thing, I just I'm looking to you and telling you this: you don't get style points at this point in the season. Okay, doesn't matter if you won by one or a hundred. Winning is the key. Okay, and that's all there is to it. And and you know, I know people were saying today, well, maybe we need to get Steele. He just doesn't look good. Yet he's got a lead. He's pitching okay. The team isn't doing bad. Let's just kind of let and see how this thing goes, works itself out. Okay, uh, you know, let's not just necessarily think that just because we're going to make a change is the right move. Just you know, trust the process. Trust the process. It's working right now, and that's good. The game's over Cincinnati. You know, you had the two routes. I, I, I got to tell you, I'm not a big – I don't really enjoy those that much. When you see a, a – what was it, 20-9 to 9 on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night and then the 16-6 uh, to 6 game on Wednesday. Yeah, they're fun. We all like it. We all get to smile and laugh and enjoy ourselves. Um uh, Quite honestly, I'm not sure really what we get out of those games. Just a momentum thing. You know, everything just kind of goes your way early on and it stays going your way early on. It's just one of those things. It doesn't really, it's not indic indicative of uh, if your team's that bad or that good. I mean, Cincinnati's not that bad. The Cubs are not, we're not that good. I mean, they are, but they're not that good to go out there and beat people by 20 to 9. It's just one of those things that happen. And I got to hand it to Ross. He kind of kept everybody, hey, yeah, we've been there, guys. We've been on the wrong side of these things, too. Realize that it's just one game of many. Let's go back out and play again, and let's keep it uh, keep it together. And they did. And I got to hand it to them. You know, I told you guys two months ago that the team that was going to win the National League Central was going to be the team that won on a big winning streak, a 10-12 game winning streak. Um, at the time, I thought it was St. Louis, and I don't know what's going on down there. I mean, that, there's too much talent for them to be playing that bad. I think they're not managed, being managed very well. I think uh, Marmel is not a good manager. Uh, it's just they got too much talent to be that bad. But hey, that's fine. They don't want to play. That's fine. We will. Okay. 
I look at a team like Milwaukee, I can't tell what is going on up there with them at all. There are times that they go out there and look like world beaters. And there are times that going out there and look like they couldn't walk around the block. I mean, they're just, there's just something strange going on there. They've got the talent to win the division. Uh, they're going to be, I'm sure, odds on favorite to win the division. But we've seen it before with Milwaukee. They win the division, go out there and get swept in the first series because they're just something just missing upstairs. And I don't know what it is. As far as Pittsburgh goes, Pittsburgh started the season the house on fire. I told you then they didn't have the talent to continue. And I'll tell you the same thing now. They're, they'll be lucky to finish fourth in division. I mean, they're just not that good, and, and their season's pretty much done. As far as Cincinnati goes, the thing I'll tell you about Cincinnati is anytime you have a team that brings up that many rookies at once, they're going to have some success early on, Okay, especially if the rookies have some degree of talent, which at Cincinnati they do. The reason that is is because you don't really have a scouting book on them. Okay, So you're a manager of an opposing team, and all of a sudden they bring a rookie up from the, the minor leagues, and he shows up that day to play. You don't know anything about him. You're calling down the manager of the, your minor league team, say, hey, what do you know about this guy? But, but ultimately, you really have no idea. This is true really in all sports. But you see a lot in baseball where a guy will come up and just hit the heck out of the ball in the first couple of games he's playing, a couple of weeks he's playing. Everyone thinks, man, this guy's the next you know, Ted Williams, and come to find out he's he's not. And what happens is, is by the time you know a couple of weeks rolls around, they start to see him a little bit. They get a book on him, and they know how to pitch him. They know how to field him. They know what to do, and they can pretty much stop him. And that's kind of what you see in Cincinnati. Those guys brought a bunch of guys up all at once, brought a bunch of young players all at once in the minors who are outstanding players. Oh, heck, yes, they are. They're great players. There's no question about it. But they came in, and nobody knew anything about them, and they went out there and kind of run roughshod through people. Now it's going to start to even itself out. Now it's, uh, the cream is going to rise, and people know how to play these guys. The Cubs just went out there, other than that first game, the Cubs went out there in, in games two, three, and four and just completely out, outplayed them. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm talking about David Bell, their manager, for a minute. He's an outstanding manager, and I didn't realize that he's Buddy Bell's kid. If you remember, Buddy Bell played for the Indians back in the 70s and 60s and 70s. I didn't realize it was his son until I looked it up when I was wondering, who is this guy acting like an idiot out there? There is a school of thought in coaching, okay? And it doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball. Um, there's a school of thought that if your team is playing bad, the manager needs to go out and get tossed, okay? And basketball gets a technical foul. Football gets a personal unsportsmanlike 15-yard penalty. And baseball goes out and gets tossed out of the game. And you could see that with Bell in that series. When they go out there and they lose 20-9, to and they get beat the next night 16-5, to then he goes out and gets – Cause for arguing a stupid little ball and strike call. The thing about that was is, and and, and ordinarily what happens. Let me just back up a second here. Ordinarily what backs up back, when they, when a manager thinks you know I got to do something to fire the team up. I think I'm going to get tossed tonight. I think I'm going to get tossed tonight. They usually wait till something that's close and controversial that they can go out there and they can kind of make an argument and then get thrown out and then go back to his team and say hey we're victims guys they're doing this to us they hate us we're victims and kind of pull the team together and then go out there and, and just you know win right and that is a school of thought there's managers coaches in all sports that, that believe that strongly you know, they're doing bad go out here and thrown out of the game all right so david bill goes out they're getting just absolutely waylaid two games in a row and he's mad now about a ball call uh calling a ball a ball strike pitch his guy's pitching and he throws a ball that was clearly a ball he comes out starts arguing balls and strikes and gets run out of the game the rules of baseball are very are very very clear if you argue balls and strikes, you're ejected right away. You do not get the option to come in there and argue about balls and strikes. You do it, you're gone. Right now. That's the rule. Okay. And he's out there arguing about a pitch that was 
not even close. I mean, he kind of looks silly. I mean, it was so bad. I, I actually heard the Cincinnati announcer, uh, their, their color guy, Cowboy Brantley, who's absolutely fabulous, a great baseball announcer. I want to learn about pitching. I turn I, but I look for the Reds broadcast on uh, Sirius. That guy tells me more about pitching than anybody. And I'm listening to this guy, Brantley, Cowboy Brantley, and he says, hey, I don't know what Bell's arguing about. Those are <laughs> umpires calling them right. What do you want? The only thing I can think is that there's a brand new umpire and, and Bell wanted to run out there and try to intimidate him a little bit and try to show who's boss and all this, that, and the other. The kid threw him out, did a nice job getting him out of the game. And, you know, I think David Bell's a good manager. Whether or not he's a great manager, I don't know. But I thought that was kind of silly, him going out there and acting like a fool and getting tossed out. Uh, it's just, I don't know, kind of crazy. Anyway, on to other things. The Cubs uh, are in a plane right now. They're probably, I don't know, into New York City. They got the Mets. Mets are an absolute dump, dumpster fire. Cubs should be able to make some hay here. They got a day off on Thursday, which they haven't had a day off in a while. They need it. And then they go to Toronto, play up there at the Rogers Center. Or the people in Toronto call it the Dumb Dome. Uh, will be interesting to see what happens there as Toronto's a pretty good baseball team too. Then the schedule really lightens up. Folks, this is where the Cubs can really go on their way right now. Okay, You got a couple with the White Sox, and we know what a mess that is. All right, then you got Kansas City, you got Detroit, you got Pittsburgh. You got teams that we should just be able to feast on. It is conceivable, very conceivable, that we are in absolute excellent position come uh, Labor Day, that we are in either leading the division or we are in a spot to uh, really, really make some hay. We're not going to, you know, and this is just a matter of doing what we're doing, trust the process, and going out and playing good, hard baseball. That could happen. And again, I told you two months ago, the team that went on the big winning streak is going to be the team that wins it. The Cubs have already on the streak. Very possibly can keep it up. They just get through the New York Mets and Toronto Blue Jays and come back next week on that schedule and just going down there and start making some hay. And it could be a whole lot of fun before this thing gets over. Anyway, let's go to page two real quick. Okay, one thing I want to... By the way, did you see that fight last night with the White Sox and the Guardians with uh, Tim Anderson and Jose Ramirez? I mean... It was really bizarre. I mean, Ramirez slid into second base, and Ramirez says he just asked for help, and Anderson started cussing and screaming at him. Next thing you know, these two guys are squared off. They look like a heavyweight title. I looked like Ali and Frazier and going at it, which is something you should never do on a baseball field. Uh, I'm telling you right now, that no one ever wins in professional sports if two guys stand there squared off against each other. Football, you see them do it with helmets on. That's ridiculous. You just break your darn hand. But <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, – to do that in, in baseball is absolutely ridiculous. These two guys are actually squaring off. Anderson did some kind of punch. Ramirez hit him and knocked him to the ground. I mean, he knocked him. I mean, it looked like he got knocked out. I mean, it did. Now, whether I, I, I think he was conscious. I don't think he lost consciousness for any amount, but he got up there and he was, you know, making a lot of noise and screaming and yelling, and everybody was yelling at each other, and, and not a whole lot really got accomplished. Um, both Ramirez and Anderson were tossed. A couple other guys were tossed. Tito got tossed for Cleveland. White Sox manager got tossed, which is going to happen. And they're all, you know, and everyone's looking around saying, "What's this all about? You know, what are we getting mad about? What are these two guys squaring off in the on the middle of the field about? I mean, this is crazy. Shouldn't happen on a baseball field. And I'm not talking about for any other reason that you just don't need to get anybody injured. <laughs> you know, I get tempers run hot. I've been known to be kind of hot headed myself on a ball field. But I tell you one thing, I've never do square up on anybody because you just never know who you're fight faced with. I'm sure Anderson's out there and he's looking, he's out there, you know, getting his fists up and come on, come on, come on. A guy throws a punch and knocks him over. Boy, that really looks good. Anyway, not a good look for the White Sox, but hey, they're the White Sox, what do you expect? 
one other thing I want to talk about tonight, and this is about an ex friend of ours, Anthony Rizzo. Okay, this came out today, yesterday, uh, about Rizzo. Rizzo got injured late June. He got into a collision with uh, Tatis for San Diego, Fernando Tatis, and uh, not a good situation there at all. Um, Rizzo missed the next couple of games with, uh, they said, neck injury. He has not been the same player. He's been one of, the, actually, statistically one of the worst players in baseball since that period of time. Now it comes out that he's actually had concussion syndrome or concussion. Uh, uh, what do they call that? He, he had concussion symptoms is what I'm trying to say. He had symptoms of a concussion, and they now sent him back for neurological testing, and they're going to put him on the IL with concussion protocol. I'm not sure if you're going to see him the rest of the season. I hope for his sake, if he had, does need it, that they do do what's right with him. A lot had been written and said about that. A lot of people taking shots at the New York uh, New York medical, um, Yankees medical situation. A couple things I want to talk about with concussions. First off, first off, let's talk about sports doctors. First off, and I'm not indicting all sports doctors. If you're a doctor in a sports team and you're listening to this, it's not personal shot or anything like that. But in the past, doctors have been notorious for trying to rush players back too soon. Okay, that's happened in the past. Whether or not it happens now, my guess is not nearly, it does somewhat not nearly as much only because you got so much more in liability. You push a guy back that shouldn't be back, you can really end up paying. The NFL paid hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of $700 million or something for concussion protocol violations over the years where they guys were getting concussions and they were being pushed back into play. And the rest of pro sports have seen this. Baseball, when it comes to concussions, really hasn't been a forefront leader in it. The NFL has, because again, I just told you they paid you know what seven, eight hundred million, whatever it is, to their their players for for concussions over the years. I, um, it's not not a good situation. So Rizzo goes out and gets hit. Baseball's protocols are, you know, they asked him if he was hurt. He said no. He went out and played. I mean, they gave him a couple. They asked him a couple questions. They checked his eyes and they sent him on out and let him play. But with a concussion, that's pretty much normal, okay? If you break an arm, everybody knows what you do, right? Your arm turns blue. It, uh, you can't move it. They give you an x-ray, and they come out and say, well, it's broke. to put a cast on it, and you're out for eight weeks because it's, uh, you can't move it. It's a simple proposition. But the concussion is not that simple because there's no way to actually determine if, if you have it or not. Now, what they do is they look, and they say, look at his eyes. His eyes look normal. Is he walking okay? Is he talking okay? Is he slurring his words? Is What's he doing? And if he does any of that, then they can assume he has a concussion. In the NFL, what they'll do is when they bring a guy out, they'll pull his helmet so he can't go back in because every athlete in the world wants to play. Okay, and this is kind of the case it was with Rizzo. He come out of the game and said, man, I'm feeling all right. I can go. What day of the week is it? It's Monday. Yeah, it is Monday. Okay, uh, you know, how'd you get here? I took my car. Okay, yep, you can good to go. Wouldn't put him out there. He signs a waiver, says he's finding a way he's released. You don't really, can't really tell unless you get honest input from the player what he has. Okay. So if he says, Hey, uh, you know, I got headaches, I'm dizzy. I can't stand up. Then, you know, and then you get him out and, and he's on, he's on the DL for a while, injury reserve list, IL for a while until they get it figured out. Okay. But if he doesn't do that, it's hard to tell. And in this case here, it appears that Rizzo and Rizzo is not taking a shot at the Yankees at all. He said, well, he said, I, I felt okay. I thought I could play. When Rizzo started feeling more symptoms, he reported it. Hey, I'm seeing foggy. I, I, I don't know what's going on. I think he still played him, but then they realized that they needed to get him out of there, and that's when it uh, – and I say they still played him. That was the last three games up until they put him on the IL. I mean, they didn't play – you know, in that two-month period of time, he hadn't been complaining up until, like I say, this last week, and he said, I'm, I'm seeing fog, and they brought him out. 
But again, with the concussion, folks, you just can't tell. And you just, and it's very difficult. And the, the medical staff needs input from the players. And the players got to be honest about it. And the players aren't going to be because the players want to get right back out there. Like I said, that's why in the NFL, they take their helmet right away. The NFL does it a little bit different too. They also have an, a spotter in the, in, the, uh, in the press box. And he's watching all the players. And if he sees a player look groggy or if a player just doesn't look right, then he can order a player off the field. Uh, baseball doesn't have that. Hockey doesn't have that. They need to get it more where people are, are trying to keep an eye out because concussions are a serious, serious, serious thing. And we're finding out many, many players. And I point primarily to football because football is, has traditionally been a sport that they use their heads in more than others. Uh, but football, many, many football players have died because of uh, concussions. Uh, CTE, it's a big thing. Uh, Steve McMichael right now is faced with it, as we all know. And that comes directly from hits to the head. We don't want this to happen to any of our players. Uh, and I sincerely, sincerely wish and hope that players, Tony Rizzo, he's a favorite of all of ours. He did great things in Chicago. We all love the guy. We all wish him nothing but the best. And hey, man, if you're down, you're down. <laughs> no one's going to think any less of you. We don't, we, we, we want you around for a lot of years after you're done playing. We want you to come to Chicago and have a beer with us at the ballpark. We want you to be a, an ambassador to the game. And we want all of that for all of our players. And so please, you know. There's a lot of people taking shots at the New York medical and granted they should. The Yankee medical staff probably didn't handle it correct, totally correct. But Rizzo's got to take some responsibility for that too. And every player who has a situation like that does also. So, Hey, let's wrap it up. All right. We're getting a little long winded tonight. And I apologize for that. On behalf of my producer, Russ Omar, <laughs> my name is Jeff here. The name of the show is here now. Chicago Cubs talk this week and every week brought to you by True Blues and Chicago Cubs Club 18. Let's go Cubs. Hey, let's go out there and put some lumps on the heads of the New York Mets and Toronto Blue Jays and come back next week. Talk with a big smile on our face. Hey, have a good evening. <laughs>